FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Our CPL final has been set, and we have our tickets booked, our flights picked, and our Michaels happy. So come join us as we explore what it takes to be a trophy winner and for your source of everything Canadian. And welcome, welcome to the FC 13 podcast, guys. Thank you so, so much for being here. Boys, what an insane week. We're right down to the final. We're right at the end. I'm Andre, your host. Paul, Michael, how are we feeling today? Uh, I'm doing guys, Hold up. Sorry, Paul. Do you hear that? That's the train coming in. And FC 13 is going to be in Ottawa next week, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uh, we are we are literally doing planes, trains, and automobiles all the way to the CPL final. I'm flying in from Calgary. Michael's taking a train in from Quebec. Andre's going to be driving in from Ottawa. We've got all we're going John Candy style for this. Very Canadian, <laughs> obviously. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! Super excited! It's the first final I've been to since Ottawa played New York in the finals. So you know, I'm I'm excited. I know what the crowd can be. We saw an example of it today. It'll be a great week. And if you guys want to meet us and tell us how fucking stupid we are, <laughs> you know where to find us. Or, or pray. If you do actually like us, you know, like we don't, we, we know we're dumb. So hearing nice things from time to time is, is a little exciting for us. So, you know, come by, come by and tell us if you like us or tell uh, us if I, you hate us. I would us. just like to apologize in advance if Michael completely dismisses you and acts like he's better than you. <laughs> that's how that's how I he is will. here too. So, but that's the I'll real. I'll be the James Corden of <laughs> oh, the podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Don't do yourself that dirty. Come on now. And speaking, I got to work on my signature now. Yo, yeah, yeah. Make it super, super fancy. Um, but speaking of doing dirty, Montreal has finally, finally bitten the dust. And we finally have some solidarity. Thanks so much, New York, for doing Canada a solid. We don't have to watch them go any further. It is the end of their playoff runs in the MLS. And they have been beaten very handedly at home, mind you. A solid 3-1. Honestly, though, that game did not look like a 3-1 game. At many, many points, I could have seen that going very, very differently. Yes, uh, Bon Noit Sweet Prince. Um, Ooh, I, um, French. What, one of my notes generally was, how have Montreal not scored in this first half? <laughs> like, I, like, I've just written that down. Like, first of all, like, Alistair Johnson was, like, fantastic as an attacking outlet in that first half. Like, his crosses, we knew he was good, and, like, his crossing belt was good, but just seeing how accurate it was there was incredible. And just, like, if Kai Kamara had a little bit more luck going his way with the ball with, like, he hit the woodwork and then there was that great save from Sean Johnston who had the game of his life pretty much there. It was, it, you have to wonder, Montreal must be like having a whole big what if in the, to themselves right now about how that game went. But yeah, you're, I think this was um, a case of them just come up against a very experienced team who knows what it takes to win in the playoffs, especially they know how to win away from home in the playoffs. We've seen that last year in New England and in Portland. And I just think, think it was street smartness. I think maybe if Montreal are able to get to the stage next year with a bit more experience under the belt, this might be different. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, despite how heavy the scoreline was at one point, even with them being like 3-0 down. I'm glad, I'm glad they scored in that sense. Like 3-0 would have been very harsh. 
Yeah, no, uh, you can't you can't take away the success Montreal had this season or little success, I guess, because you mm-hmm. don't come away with any silverware. But <coughs> you you <coughs> came away as <laughs> you came away as uh, by our I guess arguably because they didn't win the Canadian Championship, you could say were they the best team in Canada? I mean, obviously they were. They're the only ones in the playoffs. They got past the first round. I'm not surprised they lost to New York. I mean, we all know what New York City are. They won the title last year. Mm-hmm. Looking very good again this year, which I don't think an MLS team has ever won it back-to-back. I could be wrong there. Maybe Galaxy back in the day or something? Yeah, Maybe. yeah. But, and, to, and to be entirely honest, the, the three-year stretch, the only reason why Seattle didn't win it back-to-back was Toronto stepped in. Like, yes, other than that, yeah. a lot of the times it is... It's a different winner. Like, yeah, it, it one bounces of my favorite facts. One of my favorite facts about the MLS is... Last 10 years, nine different winners. That's mental. That's what makes this league truly North American. But you got to think, is the Man City Corporation here, does New York start running this league like Man City has been in England? You know, it. I, I, Andre, if I'm you, if I'm an MLS fan like that, I'm worried that we're seeing a new side of the MLS that we've never seen before. I That's one true powerhouse. I, I don't think so. I think from a playoff standpoint – you have your playoff runners. Like, you you have your managers who know how to game the system, and they go through. I mean, look at how, I don't want to say poor the Galaxy were, right? They weren't poor by a normal standpoint, but they were solid 6, 17 points off of LAFC. But because they because they have Vanny there, who's so experienced with the playoffs, knows how to get the pl- best out of the players for them, it comes down to a very specific set of people who can do that. And I bet you if there's a shakeup at New York and they change their staff and, and it's gonna be a different story. Seattle had a change up. Look and they couldn't and they couldn't make it. it it's mm-hmm. it's a very specific it's almost its own little season. There's everything thrown out the window, everything you knew and do is is gone, and this is what you're left with. You're you're left mm-hmm. with where we have it now, and and this is just kind of the nature of uh, the playoffs there. As um, as I do as much as I think, like you know, if Montreal gets to the stage again next year, like they'll be much more equipped. But like mm-hmm. that seems to be the big challenge because like, I I don't mean to tip my own horn here, but like I alluded to this like a couple of weeks ago, like when Yama's leaving, Mihalovic is leaving. As we're almost all certain here that Coney's going to move on. There's a lot of talk about Johnson mm-hmm. going into Europe. There's even yep. a little bit of buzz about Miller. Yep. That's that is Montreal's core. That is the players that got to him where they are, other than Kyoto up front. If you lose those guys, that's a lot to replace at once. Like I, yep. I have, I think they would do well enough to get in the playoffs next year. Maybe not as good because I think they have a good structure there under Nonsense. They we're seeing they have like good young players in, like for example, like Sean Ray as a Montreal player. We're seeing how great he's been, how great he's been in the CPL. But I don't know if they'll get a chance like this again, at least in the short term. Maybe not next year. I think there might be some growing pains next year. And if this was like the last game for a couple of those guys, um, bit of a shame how it went out. Like I thought Miller could have done better for some of the goals, particularly the the first goal and. Second goal, he doesn't win that 50-50 in the middle of midfield. Um, but it, it's hard to really complain too much about Montreal this year. Like, cause, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, this has been the best season in the club's history in the MLS. Like, yeah, exactly. like the, you can't really complain about what's been on the field given like you know the standards of set now. It, that gives me hope that if all those players do move on, like you just said, that they, the ownership and... Uh, management they know what they're doing and they have those replacements either ready coming in like through the youth or they know who and how to get other players in mm-hmm. like you said this is a very good core 
But this core has been together for a long time as well, especially when you look at Sabio Perea, um, uh, Kamal Miller, but then you have Alistair Johnson who comes in in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But you have to think, does, does Alistair Johnson come here without Kamal Miller there? Because he, he knew him so well from working with him with Canada, right? Yeah. And then you have Isabel Kone, who's having an amazing first season. So I like to think Montreal has good youth. Like you look at Sean Rea in the CPL. So play, you have to think there's more players like him somewhere within their system. I think they'll be okay, but like you said, a possible step back next season. I think I think one of their biggest successes was having that that international break meant that those core players played together. So that mm-hmm. team mentality yeah. worked out really well, and it worked out for them. Like it shows, it shows when you have a really good core. But I've seen with Toronto, I've seen with LA, I've seen with a lot of teams when you get picked clean, it is so hard to rebuild because. You, this salary cap really stops you and puts a stunt on it. And you have to be very yeah. strategic of who you pick. And you find out sometimes the wrong way. And and they they had their run. They had a good season. They really did well. And then they got to the hardest part, which is the playoffs. And it's not, you know, winning it isn't for everybody. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes winning these things just doesn't always work out the way that they really should. But for them, you know, I really just have to say it was a good year, you know. <laughs> but kind of moving on to the other oh, finalists oh. there, Ottawa and Pacific. Sorry, I think who was that? Ottawa and Pacific. Okay, yeah. I think we've finally seen Ottawa's – I don't want to – their gusto. Ottawa's finally, like, went from – they. I know they had, like, a shit year last year, and they went from fucking bottom – to top and they're now at the very end and they can be the and correct me if I'm wrong the first team to win the league and win the title um yeah 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 I think you're right because the first yeah, year right. was Calvary second yeah I think you're right yeah. so, either way this uh, is huge huge yeah. for our, our, our Michael uh, boy massive there. The, the word True. is massive we're supposed yes, yes. to use <laughs> yes Ottawa is massive don't you know um it's literally like you said <laughs> zero oh, don't you know there <laughs> literally zero to hero. Uh, this was another game, though, where I wasn't particularly thrilled with us. And um, for the first time, I think, or it doesn't happen often, I agree with Gareth Wheeler. If you watch the post-game show, he said a lot of the stuff I was thinking, that Ottawa played a little bit too dangerous to the, to the, to the fire. And we let them get into the box. And without Nathan Ingram, this, is a, this isn't the mm-hmm. same game. I think... Um, I don't want to say that we played worse than the first game, but I, I don't think we deserve this win again. I don't think this was this went for us. There was a potential penalty that could have been rewarded for uh, Pacific. Thankfully, it didn't. But um, it, it was a game where Tabla I wasn't too impressed with. It was a game where our defense again. They just I understand that's our 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 thing. We defend first. We allow the team to attack, but then we we play with fire. They got close. They got way too close. We played too deep at some at sometimes, and it's fucking dangerous. It, it is, and we saw that. And I, I I called my brother after the game. I said, if we play like that against Forge, we are fucked because mm-hmm. Forge isn't gonna give, give the fuck up stuff. We saw Shigeru do on a, a wide open net. Um, it, it's gonna be such a fucking tight game, but we need to wake up. We, Ottawa needs to realize what we did there. It's not going to get us wins every fucking time because it's not. It's all counterattacking. Defend first. Defend first. Do your game. Don't change your game. Be your game. But there's a time to realize what you're doing could bite you on the ass and you need to adapt. I don't think we adapted too well. It was the same. It's the same story. It was counterattacking 
I don't want to say masterpiece, but that's that's what it was. Like the shots were, and that's our game. That's insane. Fine. It was twenty-seven to thirteen shots when you when you look at it, but the possession was the exact same as before. So just as like I said, it was hard to tell. Pacific came out swinging. It's just this time the swinging looked a lot more dicey, and it looked a lot more like they were going to succeed. But in this regard, it it didn't pan out for them because Ottawa we was got a able lot more to goal today, though, didn't they? There, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> when you have 27 shots, I mean, you fucking better hope you get more than three on goal. Um, <laughs> Look, what, one would think so. Our, our keeper did a great job. He kept us in the game. Like Paul said last week, that's your players doing their job, and you're 100% right. <laughs> but there, it comes to a time when you give – when if you, give, give, if you keep giving someone an opportunity, eventually they're going to find a way. And yeah. uh, that's, why, that's how I felt our defense was through leg one and through le- leg two. We just constantly let them come at us. And our counter became – like you look at a lot of our counters, we were either misplaying the ball, stupid mistakes. Tabla, in my opinion, was losing every battle list seemed against every defender he came up against. Instead of just moving the ball, get the ball out of your feet. There's a two-second rule. Get the ball, get it fucking moving because if not, you're going to lose it. <laughs> and we saw that a lot with Tabla today. If it wasn't for Shaw – Doing what he did again. I didn't even agree with what he did, but I found the back of the net, so I don't care anymore. <laughs> but um, if it wasn't for that Shaw goal, those last five minutes, I would have been puking, shitting, pissing, crying, <laughs> laughing, whatever. Because that's, I was that's not That's normally outside. just a, a Friday thing. So we doing that <laughs> exactly. on a Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something Sunday. else. <laughs> we don't do that on Jesus' day, that's for sure. <laughs> Save room yeah, no, for Jesus. Was, <laughs> I, am, was, I allowed, um, am I allowed to stick the boot in one last time about the Diaz transfer? <laughs> just, just, just one no, more time. Right, one, one, one more time. For, for old times' sake, I'm going to stick the boot in one more time. If they had Diaz, not only would they have um, one that be in the final, they'd probably be hosting the thing. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. Diaz scores at least one of those chances tonight. Like and f- what I don't understand is last game, Javi Bula started. Cool. I understand it. But that didn't work for you. And in game two, who do you start? Javi Bula. You have Brown on the bench. You have Dos Santos on the bench. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'd be pissed if I'm Pacific right now. I mean, they, got the, they, they were creating the chances for it, though. That's the thing. They just had to be able to convert them. No, yeah, but that's the problem, though. Nobody's finding the answer. And then so, like, the players are doing what they're supposed to. It's just, like, if say if they did manage to score one of those goals, it's a masterstroke tactically. Like, yeah, the manager yeah, can't put the ball in the point, net. Though. You don't yeah. have a number nine on the field, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Where that's Josh Brown, Brown could be that number nine. Maybe not the best option in the league, but he's Pacific's best option, and they don't play him until... When when did he come on for like the last thirty minutes? I think he was on when they had that um, that double save Ingham had. He it was him and a hit. It was mm-hmm. Brown, I think, and Herd, and that was the one where uh, Becky ends up getting like a concussion or an eye injury yeah, that, or something trying to head the ball out. Yeah, that, that was the point. Head the head with um, Acosta. A, a little peek behind the curtains here, ladies and gentlemen. After that two 0 win, I booked my flight tickets to Ottawa. So at that point. Oh, oh, Michael saying he's going through the motions. You should have seen me. <laughs> I'm on the phone to like my airline, going like, "All right, hey, which button for I refunds?" I told you not the finals. Hey. I told you not the finals tickets yet. We, <laughs> we had to because the way flight prices work in Canada, <clears throat> if you fart in the wrong direction, the prices go up 150 dollars. Like for no reason at all. The plane still got the same amount of seats, and no one's booked it, but they go up. We had to take that risk. Airline sponsorships on this podcast are available if you're listening. Yeah, so Flair, <laughs> Swoop, Air Canada, anybody, a guy, if you've got a private plane, that's fine. I don't give a shit. But realistically, we had to end up booking those ones, and it did work out in its favor. I 
want to know, do we think someone's, I don't want to say someone's going to get fired, but do we think someone's going to end up, a higher profile person in Pacific going to end up leaving based on that transfer move? Because I think they may be looking at it going, we lost our chance at glory and retaining our title. Like, it'd be different. It'd be entirely different, in my opinion, if Pacific didn't win last year. I don't think there's huge moves because, A, the coach was his first season. He still got to the playoffs. And he did, honestly, he did put in a good effort against Ottawa. And like you said, we look at Diaz's move. I don't think that's his decision. Yeah. I would yeah. at this point where the CPL is a move for like that to happen. I think ownership has a lot to play into it. Yeah. So I don't think ownership is going to get rid of anyone for making that decision. But but I wonder more if it's it's I don't want to see scouting or if it's someone in the man management. I I think there might be some shakeups there because they they had to convince someone to sell it. You have to convince someone to sell your best striker and your best player. I wonder if it's just. I mean, you lose money because of COVID. This could be something to get your feet going again. That could be honestly a scenario where the owners lost so much money due to COVID, especially in the CPL. They could be like, look, we need this money. And I know Paul would say, but then you wait till the January window. And that's where I would say, no, a move like that, you need to get done now. Just, I just see it as it's a new league. It's a young league. They need the money when it comes. And if that opportunity like that comes, you got to move them. You, I well, think we're not going to really answer until the off season and see how the reinvestment whether it's in the playing yeah. staff or in the infrastructure. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you're, and, you're right. You're right. And that's the thing. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what moves they make next, and I mean, I, whether they make the right ones is something we're going to have to find out. But this next right move is something we're definitely going to do. We're going to a break, so obviously don't go anywhere. Lots of news coming up, and we'll be right back. FC 13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that. I did because I made it. So I hope you enjoyed it. So jumping kind of into some more fun news. Canada has actually announced and I I called it has announced another friendly for the World Cup. It, It seems really close and really, really difficult to do. But they've announced a friendly against Bahrain. And while it seems like an odd choice, I think they're just saying we'll take whatever we can get. And that's what we got. Yeah, um, I think, like, so the context for this, I think, is now that, like, you know, for everybody except from Crapo, I think for LAFC, all the Canadian-based players in the MLS are seasons over, unless I'm forgetting about someone. But, um, so I think the idea here is, um, is going to be a preliminary squad, which has been, in, which 
has been made up, but we don't know it yet. They're going to be over in Bahrain a little bit earlier than the European-based players, basically just to keep up that match fitness. Because like guys like Lorea and Cavallini and Mark Anthony KFE plays like the Toronto-based players and the Vancouver-based players, they haven't played since October 9th. So by the time this fixture comes along on November 11th, that's been a month of no football. So look, the, the game isn't about tuning them up for the World Cup. That's what Japan is. This is match fitness. So I'm the same. I think this is like... And um, you can clip me on this because I'm not going to say this often. <laughs> this was a this was a genius idea by the CSA. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think when they first announced this game, everyone's like, um, why and what the fuck is <laughs> going on? Is the F1 race there that week or something? It's like, why... Why yeah. do you want to play them? Like, and I, I, I even, I even said to Andre in the chat that we have. I was like, please don't tell me they're going to televise this game. Like, because we don't, I don't want to see us pump a team eight nothing before the World Cup. Now, what, what Paul says, it makes a lot of sense. Get the MLS guys fat fit. I still won't be surprised if they don't play this game on TV. I don't think they will, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's the it's the CBA and the CSA. They're gonna yeah. Like you look at the CPL. Look at CPL uh, friendlies before the season start. They'll have in clo- uh, closed door games against teams within the CPL or even like college teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is what this is for me. I can't see this being televised. If it is, sure, why not? But I don't want to see us losing it if it's televised. Does anybody want some fun <laughs> facts about Bahrain then? Yeah, can you tell me where it is first? Next to Qatar. <laughs> and, uh, All right, Michael, now where's Qatar? <laughs> Bahrain. I, I learned are... that four years ago when he said we're going to get it in Qatar. Okay. <laughs> so Bahrain are ranked 85th in the world. They won the 2019 Gulf Cup, which Qatar are also allowed to compete in. And um, the best, I think they got to the 2004 Asia Cup semifinals. They've never reached a World Cup. The closest they got to was 2010. And yeah, that's all the fun facts I have. It's Bar Red. Do you have any notable players? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So we're really, really just narrowing her down there. I mean, I mean, the one thing I want to see the most, and like, I feel like this might be like wishful thinking here, is like, I want to see maybe Hutchinson. Oh, Laren yeah, being brought players, along, yeah. like Laren especially, like he's doing no use in Bruges anyway. Like Hutchinson, you think I'd like to hope the shit cast, like for his sake, mm-hmm. if he's not going to much get, get much game time there, get into Canada early. That one I'm not so confident, and he might want to like trade in Turkey with his normal regime. But like, we'll we'll see what comes there. Like just like I'd, I'd like to see Laren get brought along if possible. I I can see that might be a long shot though. Yeah, yeah, very much. I so. am happy. I was actually not happy. I don't give a shit about them. I'm surprised <laughs> that they're actually ranked 85th. I thought this was going to be one like within the hundreds type thing. Uh, and the Gulf Cup, if I'm not mistaken, that's like the one with the Middle Eastern teams, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that, that's an accomplishment. They do have some decent teams in there, but I don't know how serious the bigger teams take it either. So I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's, it's not the Asia. It's not as prestigious as the Asia Cup. Exactly. Like um. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people don't even know of this cup. But you know what? It's it's a game we all like to see Canada play. Even though every time they announce a game, people are on the internet saying, why is it this in Canada? Well, hard to break it to you, but there's going to be snow on the ground. And yes, I know we did it. 
but it's very hard to do it, especially when there's a World Cup we need to get ready for. Hey, hey Bahrain, do you want to play a voluntary <laughs> game in Edmonton, November? <laughs> no one, yeah, no one plays voluntarily in Edmonton in November. Let's not be entirely fair. Yeah. Nothing would say just making our players the sickest they've ever been than taking them to negative 20 then to plus 35 like immediately nothing screams beautiful cramps like that like, going on for like having a cold CSA. shower before jumping into the swimming pool just awful but Bahrain so I know you're shocked by it but you gotta remember a lot of these countries take it very seriously mm-hmm. they that's being 85th isn't necessarily your biggest selling point, but shit, Canada's had a big jump. Like, fuck, we were up, up in that area kind of thing. We were, it, yeah, 100%. And, and Bahrain doesn't have the the money to, to step on it that some of these other ones do. They do take it seriously. It is one of their their Asian Federation Cup is very, very big to them. It's one yeah. of the biggest ones. Um, it's a scenario where they're, they're not going to be pushovers. I think they're going to have something to prove, and I think our players are going to have that that desire to 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 showcase that they can do it in that climate. It was the smartest thing that they've done. I think it's the only thing they've really done that's super smart, simply based on the fact that getting more playtime in that climate is the best thing possible. I just want to add, I looked at their their national team very quickly, and basically all their players uh, playing in Qatar League. So Yeah. Which- We're basically playing Qatar 2.0. I wouldn't say that too loudly, given Bahrain and Qatar's relation, but we can edit that out if we need to. Oh yeah, we're we're just I mean, we're we're not we're not political experts. We're just shitty hey, football if commentators. All their players play there. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, enough on the Middle Eastern political discourse with Michael McCall. <laughs> Moving on to more pressing issues that Michael can butcher: the Women's World Cup, women's Whoa. issues. Um, no, I'm Whoa. So <laughs> late, late in the crack acidon, which I felt was completely unfucking necessary. I understand. The games are played there, but I found it completely unnecessary to do the draw at the Crack Acidon. Spoiler we, alert, I did not stay up for it. We we found out what the draw was for the Women's Royal Cup in 2023. As a man who so, lives in the mountain stand in the mountain time zone, I did not have as bad of an experience as Andre watching the, watching this. Um I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I got to sleep by about one o'clock at night or something. <laughs> so that wasn't too Stop bad that. for me. But yeah, um, this uh, the one word to describe this group would just be familiar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very familiar. Um, I, th- I think it's Ireland is the only one we don't have a ton of familiarity with. And yeah. they, are, they are not a powerhouse no, in any level of football. <laughs> no, not really. Where are they ranked? <laughs> They, they, they would have been ranked higher than Nigeria because we should probably say what the group is. Um, no, so yeah, yeah, the the group is Canada are in Group B alongside the host Australia, the Republic of Ireland, and Nigeria. I love it. Can you tell me the odds? I know I, I said this to Paul, but Andre, I don't think you said anything. Um, can you tell me the odds of us getting Australia and Nigeria? <laughs> I, I mean, statistically, no. We're fucking apparently high enough where we can at least get the two teams that we know we have them in our pocket. That we just played. Yeah, it's fucking insane. I, I love it. I, I, okay, so we're looking at this going, great. 
I bet you any money, Australia and, and Nigeria are like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, that's what happens like, when you put one of the world's powerhouses into the second fucking pot. But you just, oh, you just mate, not them again. They already <laughs> bit us twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the Nigerian answer. I'm like, come on, Paul. Let's 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 just jump on that. I mean, out of all the teams, that that one is it's just the most fucked. It is, I, I guaranteed. Someone's got to be sitting there going, "There's not a chance." Like how that? I mean, there there is a lot of teams in this World Cup that are new to the World Cup, like they've mm-hmm. never appeared in it. Was Ireland one of them? Ireland's new, which is why I'm kind of scared of them because mm-hmm. women's football is growing and it's growing super fast it is, compared yeah. to where the game was ten years ago. So like, like this Ireland team could be a lot better than we think they are. Just like, they haven't got to a World Cup before, but they may have not had the infrastructure before. Like, yeah, it could, be a, I mean, it could be a new story. Yeah. yeah, like this this could be one of these like surprise teams. Like, and I gotta tell you something, boys. Like, they, they knocked out a powerhouse to get to the World Cup. They like they they knocked out like a team who I thought were gonna go far in the World Cup. Scotland. Oh, um, uh, oh yeah, that, that is a yeah, good one. Yeah, they knocked out Scotland at Hamden. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, no, you you're definitely right. This is a different this could be a different story. The good thing is is two teams go through and we've seen Canada beat the well, I guess we drew Nigeria. They won, beat Nigeria. Yeah. Fun yeah, fact: they've um, fun fact they've never beaten Australia or Nigeria in a World Cup before. They had a one. They had a two-two draw in two thousand and seven with Australia. By the way, guess who scored for Canada in that game? Uh, Sinclair. Yep, she just keeps going. Ouch. And um, and um, they lost one 0 to Nigeria in two thousand and eleven, and they drew three three with them in 1995, right. Sorry. Do you think Christine Sinclair scored then? Yes. <laughs> no, she was twelve years old. <laughs> so um, you're saying there's still a chance. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, it's Christine soccer, Sinclair. <laughs> Women's soccer in '97. Yeah, she was probably close to the team. She's at least training with them. Fuck yeah! For all I know, she was coaching him. Like it's Christine Sinclair for Christ's sakes. But the, the do your rep- math homework, mom. The, <laughs> this is scoring goals. Uh, <laughs> see, the Republic of Ireland, they could be going through. And, and you're right to be scared of them simply because you can't dismiss any team, yada, yada, yada. But they could be going through a Canada syndrome where their men's team fucking sucks. So they're putting all their investment into the women's team. And that's what Canada had. Like, our men's team sucked. So all the investment went into the women's team and the women's team dominated. They were so hungry and power hungry. And, and you can't judge a team based on a performance, you know, two years ago because... As time goes on, you get better yeah. players. They become Women's amazing. football is moving so fast. And it's, yeah, it's accelerating so, so quickly. So I'm just super excited for it to see. There's a couple new teams in there. I'm really, really excited to see. I want to see how their women's side does. I am, I'm really excited to see America find a, like fall off their pedestal. I think it's about time. And it's not just from a hatred standpoint or nothing. It's just, it's getting a little overdone. Like it's just getting a bit. It's a bit like, like, I know it's like, keeping it New Zealand themes like if like say I find it hard to watch Rugby World Cups because I find it's just always New Zealand so I think yeah. in the last World Cup was actually like it was actually like South Africa and England so I was a bit more like invested in it that's not yeah. to downplay like the likes of New Zealand or the US women's team like it's their like achievements are phenomenal their, their achievements are phenomenal but you like seeing it shaken up for like the competitiveness of that environment mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, just to just to see something new somebody new mm-hmm. start really like being a powerhouse for um, FM Canada, so how the draw works, um, Canada's will be up against Group D. So if Canada win the group, they'll 
play the runner-up in Group D, or if they're the runner-up in the group, they'll play the winner of Group D. And Group D has England, who we know, like champions of Europe in the in the summer. They've got um, Denmark as well. They've got China, who are actually, like, they've got a bigger prestige in women's football than you think they do. Oh, they do, yeah. They, they're like a China, they're like a Canada or an island, you were saying, like, their women's team is the flagship for them. And, and I think they're consistently at the World Cup as well, so... They gave Canada a really tough game in 2015, I remember, in the World Cup. Yeah, they did. It was, and, uh, um, Canada won one nothing. Yeah, a very controversial pen at the end, yeah. And the other team is, I love how the World Cup just does this now, a playoff team, a playoff winner. So it can be either Chile, Senegal, or Haiti. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in February. One of the things that people tend to forget to kind of hearkening on China there is that they're one of the main proponents why the Women's World Cup even exists mm-hmm. at all. Like they they are one of the the founding nations that say that we, we need to have this. Like we oh, need to have a women's, yeah. So Canada and China were actually some of the biggest proponents for a women's World Cup, like okay. its entire existence. So that's that's a thing that people need to understand. Like this is a big, big thing, and wh- whoever moves forwards in these groups, I think, are going to be the the powerhouses going forward for the next four to six, eight years. I just and and I'm really worried about Canada, kind of depleting their younger squads which we brought up a bunch of times and i think it's just gonna be hard for them to replenish it and and kind of go forwards but we do have to move on at least to some more fun news cpl has announced their nominees for their awards for their stars player of the year defender of the year manager of the year and golden boot and the nominees are not short by any by any list were there really any surprises for you boys um I think people were a bit surprised with goalkeeper where Trish and Henry not be included, but personally, like I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. No, if, I disagree for, with that. If anyone's the, arguing that, no. For the purposes of um, a audio podcast, there, Michael just did a thumbs down <laughs> when I said that. If we're Trish and Henry you, had no reason to be in the discussion this year. I've seen people no use reason. the arguments of clean sheets, but like I very much am of Those the opinion. I think clean sheets, obviously, like your goalkeeper does have something to do with it. He's literally saving the shots, but like, I think yeah. it's as much a defending, a defensive stat as a goalkeeping stat. He had like, like, the least amount of shots on him, and that's out of any goalie, not just the ones in the top. Like, out of any goalies, he didn't save any shots. So you can't I, tell me he's a reason they won, so therefore you can't tell me he's a golden glove winner. I'm sorry. I, no. I, I don't think there's well, any we're about, other. We're about to do that, so I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any other, um, like argument other than Ingham for Ottawa personally um I think Garducci has a good run at it I think most of the season I did say Garducci would win it um near the end of the year though when Calvary started to have a little bit of a problem I think that's where Ingham takes the cake I think Ingham like yeah one more point at the end of the day he won more points for Ottawa yeah like, exactly. he, was, he was much more clutch for them than yeah, uh, I, I, like I said, most of the season, I would have said Caduce, but near the end, I think that it, it's close. I honestly do think it's close. I think it's just, at the end of the season, one came up above the other. We are here to talk about um, manager of the year in this for this segment. So um, the the guys we have for it are um, Bobby Siminoris. Have, have I said that right? I feel like I always say that wrong. I always just call him Bobby to keep myself right. So do I, don't worry. <laughs> Carlos, Gon- Carlos Gonzalez, did, did I say that one right? 100%. And uh, James Merriman. I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident on that one. So the That's managers of. fucked up, though. Got it. <laughs> it's Hammers. <laughs> Forge, Forge, Forge manager, Athletico manager, and Pacific manager. Um, 
Which is bullshit because there was no Edmonton manager, and I think that's an absolute sham and a total steal. (laughs) His system's rigged. I don't trust it anymore. See, I don't know if he's being serious or not, but like, I genuinely do think Alan Cott should have been nominated. And I don't want to get all tinfoil hat here. I think the reason he wasn't is because Edmonton's kind of like a bad look on the league right now of the ownership of the financial situation. So I, I feel like the league doesn't really want to highlight the shit show that it is yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, that could actually. So make like, it, I think yeah. the I think that's why they're not really mentioning it. No, I think the reason he did it is because he was last in the league. <laughs> There's, there's well, context like, to look, it, okay, you know, potato, potato. Yes, there's you know, context to it. There's being a the absolute bottom and, uh, you know, winning the league. No, no, this is the way I see it. There's a backstory to it, right? You're 100% right. In my opinion, I think Vikla was one of the best goalies. But at the end of the day, you still need points. You still need saves. You still need results to get those rewards. And don't care how good you are, without the results, you're not getting anything. Okay, he needs I, he needs a he needs an award for not just going fuck this, like at least halfway <laughs> through the season. Like he needs to be given his wife's job, like, okay. like yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> horse shit. It is it uh, is kind of cool. I do like seeing those three there. It does make the most sense. I do got to point out, and I know it's not really in the context. Um, kudos to the CPL for making th- some of the most dope award trophies. Like, how'd you drop the ball in that stupid shield, but then came <laughs> out with this, like, gorgeous, like, player of the year, defender of the year, Golden Glove? They that are... Thing. Yeah, like, you're, you're... Thanks, you're welcome for that. Um, because, like, this is some of just the coolest way to celebrate the Canadian Premier yeah. League. And, like, the, if you haven't looked them up, Go to the CPL's website and look them up. They're done by Indigenous artists, and they are so fucking cool. If but it's going the back same to the actual year, award. Yeah, yeah um, going back to the actual award. I don't know who you guys think, other than Aaron Koch. Um, to me, it is no question from, like I said, zero to hero. It is Gonzalez, in my opinion. To take a team from bottom to top, and now they're in the finals, I'm sorry. As I think Bobby has been screwed out of this reward year after year after year, but I still don't think he's getting it. I think he should have had it last year. I think he should have had it the year before. I don't think he deserves it. I think he's becoming a victim of his own success. And I agree. Like, if there was a manager of the four year span of the CPL Awards, (laughs) it's 100% him. If there was a, you know, like, you've been the best manager this entire. But, like, so, for example, we look at Ottawa. Like, Gonzalez gets manager of the year for taking a team who were last and finishing first with them. Mm -hmm. Um, What does. Bobby's took a team who, you know, like, I know this. I know it may not matter too much because the end, the, the end goal is a CPL playoff final. But just on paper, as a team who finished first last year and finished second this year, I yeah. don't really like. They're just consistent. Well, it's that's kind why of I like, thought last year he deserved it. Yeah, I definitely think first. he should. He should have got it last year, a hundred percent. It was yeah. totally. Ro- who even got it last year? Was it not um, um, Calvary? Um, Oh, he a hundred percent should have got it over Whedon. I think I think it was Whedon. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that's who it was. But like, yeah, you look at last season. Bobby brought Forge to, um, uh, first in the league with the most points I ever got. To be fair, it was only two full seasons at that point. But still, the mo- he topped the first season that Calvary did. Mm-hmm. He was at the same time playing Concacaf and then also playing Champions League. Like he's done all these achievements for the CPL. I'll tell and you what. Never Tell you what, if Cavalry can retroactively be given a <laughs> we won the regular season trophy for 2019, we can um, give Bobby a retroactive FC <laughs> FC 13 awards, manager of the year 2021. Congratulations, yeah. Bobby Simonoris. We weren't even founded then. <laughs> yeah, retroactive, go. baby. Um, 
just to give a quick word to James Merriman, I guess. Like I, I do agree it is Gonzalez, but just to give him his reward, we we look at how Pacific have been gutted from this time last year from when they won the league. Basically, they took all their core players left and what he was yeah. wasn't left of too much. And to get no, they were them into the, the- to have a rough season, yeah. possibly miss the playoffs, yeah. To get them into the playoffs and go on that run in CONCACAF, like, I think is a good testament for a guy who's, like, you know, he's about 35 years old, like, to get to that yeah. point. And um, I, I think it's a great... I think he's done great. I I don't... I think Alan... I don't think Alan Cott should win it. I just think he should be um, recognised as a nominee. But, like, I've, it's got to be Gonzalez. It's 100%. Worst to first. Dude. Like, case closed. Yeah, I double-checked on who won it last year. Um, it was Pacific's. Oh, it's Pacific. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Fuck yeah. I was yeah. Can't, disagree. Yeah. can't disagree with that, to be fair. Sorry, so, Bobby. I, I mean, <laughs> so they went through. But- I did disagree, though, because I think if you're judging regu- just off the regular season, yeah. I think Forge had a better season while playing Conference League. Oh, I, I okay, full- you're back I, in, Bobby. I, I full on think Bobby <laughs> should get it this year only because it's four fucking years in a row that he's been in the. He's shown in the regular league he can get to the playoffs. Yeah. And then he's shown like he in the playoffs year, that he can get to the finals. Watch him like year, um, it's a makeup call. It's yeah, I was gonna say. Call. You know, like, know how like, give you this before, but we you know how like Leonardo DiCaprio got the Oscar for The Revenant when he done much better movies beforehand. Yeah. It's gonna be like yeah. that. He's we're gonna get. He's gonna finish like fifth one year, and we'll give it to him. It's like this <laughs> yeah, guy's gonna yeah, leave yeah. the fucking league if we don't give it to him soon. Here you go. <laughs> no, no, we give it to him like a year after he's left the league. He's coaching in another league somewhere else, and they're just giving it to him just to be like, oh, by the way. You're the coach of the year, so there you go. I think I think that's going to be the case. I I think he should get it. Should get it. I think he should, should get it. it. Should get it. He should be getting it there by. Uh, but Gonzalez for sure is a contender. If he gets it, makes sense. I I think that's kind of where it ends. I think it should be between the two toss ups. Adding that third person in just for the sake of it seems useless. I, we'll I talk just, about the other rewards as well next next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. and we'll really, we'll de- we're really deep diving. And plus, too, once we actually know who wins, and I think we'll have a bit more. But yeah. you know, that's the that's the bullshit of it. We don't know. And speaking of bullshit, oh <laughs> boy, the Canadian Soccer Association should really just be the CSB. So the Canadian Soccer bullshit. Oh shit! Just hearing how Andre's going on about this, you guys might yell at me. Bullshit. Uh, no, I I think I think. The, the tone-deaf, absolute fuckery that is that is the CSA and the CSB is just... It's coming to a boiling point, and I think there's a giant implosion waiting to happen. Come. Come into World Cup. So, well, we're yeah. not pointing fingers at Davies? No. I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm always... I always like to take the player's side on these sort of things. I only. So do I. I but, okay, actually, I, first. I, I, Paul, I, now, I, I would have, I would have, but I need to. We need to give people a little bit of context. Yeah, I was about to so, say, yeah. go into it first. So yeah. there's a little bit of context there, and normally Paul does this, but you know, for once, I'm a little bit informed enough to talk about it. <laughs> so Davies, his manager or his agent, has officially requested that the CSA stop selling jerseys with his name on it, which they have done. They've taken <clears> off the website. They've taken it off and stopped selling it because his likeness is being used <clears throat> in advertisements in photo and video advertisements in the process of selling these merchandises as well as being part of other people's advertisements which need to be remembered like GE, General Electric, okay? On top of that, some more of the fuckery that's happening within the same scenario is they were told to give back their Canadian training gear. Sweatpants, jerseys, shirts, all that stuff and then proceeded to spend $11,000 on custom suits for themselves, the board. So that's kind of where we're at in terms of that shit housing. 
that's going on uh, right now with them. If you want to watch something, we've retweeted it on SC13 Podcast on Twitter. It's watching a man make himself so smackable by promoting uh like i i have never wanted to never wear a suit more in my life (laughs) and this man has somehow made a custom fitted suit seem like it was made out of the the dried tears of children who were then forced to stitch it out of their own skin it is awful and so tone deaf um i well you have the floor michael thank you thank you um i i will be devil's advocate here um from what, from my understanding, from what I've read, um, Davies is asking for something not even players like Ronaldo and Messi get, and that's basically money for jersey sales and etc. for the national team. Um, and if that's if, I, if that's what the, if that's what's happening here, is if Davies is going above his head, thinking he's worth he's not worth, but thinking he deserves money that nobody else in the world gets. There we have a problem. Now, I do agree with the Andre and some stuff there with them taking back the training kits and shit like that. That's fucking stupid. I don't get the point of that. And then, obviously, I saw the suit thing as well. That's like fucking hell. Like, the fact that that's even public or even available to the public is fucking insane. But if this, from, my, from what I was reading, it specifically came out to Jersey sales, uh, I guess, from what he was getting from it. Um... Now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong and where I'm wrong, because I'm sure I, by what Andre said, it sounds like I am wrong to some degree. Um, But also when it comes to advertising, um, I don't know exactly what they're selling uh, with his image that he does not know about. But I feel like there's also, if if it's under Canada's name and he's just so much just part of it, yeah, I think he's maybe speaking up a bit. But if he's, like, have you seen his, what is it, his RBC commercial? Like, you can't tell me he's not getting money for that. That's him. But no, if there's something but, but actually the, under the can, that but, name. but that's the thing is he's not. So they're tossing him in these commercials, and the reason why he's saying stop selling these kits is because they're putting them in commercials of for-profit sponsors. So GE, RBC, you know. No, but the RBC commercial is literally him talking. Like he, there's no way he agrees to do that if there's not money on the line. It's a as a BMO commercial, and if you watch it Sorry, carefully, BMO. um. He's not wearing any Canadian soccer attire. No, that's my point, though. Yeah, that's so that's entirely just him. Canada's... So it's not really right. relevant to Canada's yeah. soccer. No, but that's my point, though. Is if he's doing that by himself, yeah, he deserves that money. But if it's under the Canada name and they're literally just using his picture or video footages or his jersey, whatever, fucking whatever they're using, I think that's okay because it's under Canada. But it's but it's they're using it. They're not using it for. You know, like pro, like this is Canada, and then Canada's the sponsor, like GE. It's, it's a general electric. It's a for-profit company. Then they're going to take all that money they make from like generating, oh, we're pro Team Canada, and then sends it to the CSB, who's making a fuck ton of money. And then and then CSA goes, oh, we're not making anything. Oh, we, we have a deal in place. We're not seeing any money. Well, bullshit. Of course that's bullshit. I mean, you're that's, seeing there's kickbacks. And, and this the thing is, is what is, it all comes down to. They're just trying to say like, look, we know you're getting money in kickbacks. At least give us money from how much more you're making, because it's glorifying their image, which then drives people to buy their kits, which then. But the from CSA what I've takes. seen, from what I've seen, no player gets that for what they're what he's asking for. Well, but this players- is entirely to do with CSB. Like you're saying about uh, Messi and Ronaldo, they don't have to deal with like Portuguese soccer business or Argentina. So that's the whole thing. Like 
the players have got no fucking trust in Canada soccer because mm-hmm. everything that gets done is lining the pockets of this third party of Canadian soccer business. So that's why da- that's why Davis and all these players are pissed because all these things they're doing to rent it for money for Canada soccer, not a single cent of it is going to Canada soccer, and that's what they're angry at. That's what they've been angry at the whole time. Okay, they, do, okay. they hate this. They hate this deal. Like. I'll be honest. No, I, no that's been pretty I, clear. I be, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was fucking made very given, clear. Given the da- times. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not angry at CSB. As far as I'm concerned, it's just like they had the faith to invest in Canada soccer when it was on its knees and they're reaping the rewards for that. And like they've, they've been putting money into the CPL. Like, I'm fine with them, but like I can understand why the players are ma- annoyed. They want to know where that money is going exactly. They wanted to go to grassroots. They wanted to go to the women's team. They. Like they want it to be dealt with correctly, and like if it's with the CSB, as good as their tensions might possibly or not be, there's no control there. It's, yeah. Davies doing this, like they the players know and he knows he is the flat. He is the face. Like he's the most popular player. You ask anyone across the globe who's a Canadian well, yeah, soccer exactly. player, they're go- they're going to say Alfonso Davies, even ahead but of Christine think, Sinclair. So if he does this, he- that's what makes this a thing. You know, so if don't you think was... if he does this though, someone like Jonathan David's gonna be like, okay, well, me too. But but it could yeah. also be it could also be just them trying to set a precedent less than get the money. Because I think it's more like, look, if you're gonna have this company make all this money and not it, it's not getting reinvested, then I don't want it. You know, he could even because we don't know. He's he's not necessarily. I I need to have this money. He's saying like we're not seeing it. I don't we're think this seeing. has to do with like money for their for themselves. I, I really don't okay. think Davy's too concerned about fucking okay, money. So that's, my bad. that's that's honestly don't, from what from what I'm reading. That's what how everyone is taking it. Oh yeah, I would, so, which and everybody I think except from us is wrong. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, folks. No, I think it's also a scenario of really bad. Like there's that's the problem too is that the CSB up until this year, I think no one even knew it existed. Like, yeah, like, like it's so shadowy organization that I think half of the problem is now is the writing makes Davy seem like uh, money hungry, like dick, because mm-hmm. it, there's so much we don't know about the CSB because they're not releasing it. They're not saying. And there's that lack of transparency that's really is coming to light and caused the, all these problems. And and like Canada's kind of really teetering a line. And I think I think these players are trying to set a better precedent now than after yeah. the World Cup when people stop caring. Yeah, they want to put themselves forward for the future, obviously, because the, the, our current future is already set. We know we're going to a World Cup. And we I, know the population is going to come. It's about what we want to do for after the World yeah, Cup for the next four years. Hutchinson is probably one of the biggest proprietors because he's had to deal oh, yeah. with like the garbage end, and now the rewards are coming in. So I think they're they're just trying to make it so the next set of generation is is going to be fine and can get to yeah. this level. I do want to quickly say for like Rick Westhead's sake, like, you know, he's a David report on a lot of heavy stuff, like all the talks, like terrible stuff about, um, hot, but Canada, so, but Canada hockey, which, you know, is not safe for work and obviously anything to do with, to do with the Canada soccer. C- can we send this guy to report on like a kid's birthday party or something next? Can we, can we get him to just go to like kids' birthday parties and just eat cake and hang it and bounce again? Can we just get this guy to relax? Stuff. Like he probably needs to de- detox so much, poor Rick. He's had to deal with so much terrible stuff to report on. <laughs> well, like, like we said at the friendlies, I'm sure we'll get more news about this, and we have. I'm sure we'll we get will. more but even before the World Cup. Rick the Oracle so, will be back again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, since the fucking Iran shit, we've all we've all been like, we can't just done with this. Just figure it out, and it's just something new every other fucking week now. Yeah, there's so many people on edge, and I really hope. 
this doesn't necessarily come back to be a problem later. That's that's what I'm hoping. I want it to move forwards. I want us to be better and and really help each other, help the women's side out. It's nice to see things all are moving in the positive direction. We'll see. Speaking of moving in a positive direction, that's not what we're doing next. We're going to a game we all really don't like to play. But we started it anyways. We're going to come up with a jingle. Somebody send us a jingle. If you're listening to this and you can do anything, send us a jingle for this. One that's not going to get us copyright stricken. Even if but, you can't do editing, just send it anyway. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get up of saying, you guys fucking suck. You guys fucking suck. Which is whatever. Yeah, but we'll put it on there. We'll we'll do it the first one as long as it's... As long as it's not going to get us copyright stricken, it's whatever. I don't care. Put it in there. We'll use her. So it's everyone's favorite, least favorite, gaslighting the game. It is the penalty quiz out. It is, in fact, Michael's game this week. Hi. He's, oh, he's waving for the for the people listening. That's me. I'm Michael. <laughs> How do you do? If you haven't uh, figured out that's Michael yet, now I'm so, so, uh, I'm so sorry. We get to cover... The thrilling, exciting game as that we saw tonight unfold with Forge and holy shit, we won't cancel that page by accident. Um, <laughs> with Forge and um, uh, Cavalry, the Derby, the best Derby in the CPL as of right now, gets another exciting chapter. And we're going to add to it by asking questions that no one gives that shit to answer about. But coming down to the end of the season, there's two weeks left. We got this one and the next week. If Andre wins this one today, he will leave. The game as the first ever FC 13 bullshit game challenge winner. Um, I swear we change loses, the name of this every week. <laughs> it's supposed to be penalty quiz. It. We've not called it that since about week five. <laughs> That's because we realized, well, fuck, we hate this. If Andre loses, I have a chance to win it next week on goal difference. FC narrative is back, so, ladies and gentlemen. The one asking the questions is me, and it's most important for me than Paul, anyways. So, um, we got one uh, one to five questions. Uh, well, not one to five. We do have five questions. Uh, each each one is worth uh, the value of the question. So question one is uh, worth one point. Two is worth two. So on and so forth. Um, we do have a bonus question on number five. So stay tuned for that. But I'll read down the questions. And then we'll go to a quick commercial break. And then we'll get to the... I and mean, we'll talk about the game as well. Because that's a very exciting game to talk about. But question number one. Who did Kyle Becker kick in the face to be sent off? Question number two. Who did David Norman uh, push, or whatever you want to call that, to receive his red card and be sent off? Number three. Who passed the ball to Schwanier when he scored the goal? Question number four. How many how many minutes of gameplay was there between Forge's equalizer in game one and the first goal of this game? So of gameplay, how many minutes was there? Son of a bitch. <laughs> you didn't think they were all gonna be easy, did you? No, that's a good one. And that's a really question good number one. five. Before the game, there was two Canadian international players there for a meeting greet. Who were they? And the bonus part what times were they available? Between what time could you meet these two players? Current, or they've just happened to have played for Canada at some point? Uh, I just said there's two Canadian international players. That's up to you to know. I'm not telling you anything. Okay. <laughs> but they were in Hamilton, and they were wearing Ford's jerseys. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> you guys didn't see that? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I don't know how many people were in Forge, but that many people saw it, so... 
So we're going to take a quick uh, look at these questions, and we'll go ahead to a commercial break. Commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back. FC13 Podcast is sponsored by Bet99. There's no doubt you like sports. You've made it this far. So when you're done here, make sure to head on over to 13thmansports.ca for all your CFL, NFL, NBA, MLS, CPL, and so, so many more. 13th Man Sports has articles, podcasts, and a couple surprises along the way. So don't let yourself fall out of the know and make sure you get to know 13th Man Sports. And we are back for the semi-final of the quiz penalty quiz out show. Penalty Down quiz out, Michael. Penalty quiz out. Um. So we are back. We're gonna flip. <laughs> I don't have a coin with me. But just make have... me go. Just make me choose. I've got like four points all season. I have. <laughs> Shut up. We got a coin. Okay. We got a uh, a crispy mini. A, it is a. Be- the it is a <laughs> there it's is about, a round side. It's about the philosophy. <laughs> There's a round side and a flat side. The round side will be tails, like a butt. <laughs> Paul, I'll let you go first. The side is not flat. The There's bumpy, flat. the bumpy side. You want the bumpy side? The bumpy side. I want a bumpy. I want a rough. Oh All boy. Right. Um, we can clip that if you it's guys want to clip baby. that. It's pumpy, baby. Paul, would you like to go first or second? I will go second for question two. Why do you always word this weird? Okay, I, so you because, I, first. because I hate you when you host. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate when I host? I've always screwed you over like three times. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, that's not as many as I thought. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're going first. Who did Kyle Becker kick in the face? Adekubi. Andre? It was Adekubi. It was Mr. Elijah Adekubi. Which that Canadian, name which the name being not Sam Adekubi. Oh, we started to fuck off. Right. It's Canadian brother who plays for the national team. Mm-hmm. As opposed to not Canadian brother. <laughs> <laughs> and Andre, who did Norman push okay. or hit or whatever the hell he did to them? For the yeah, for the red card. For the red, uh, yeah. For the red card, which was kind of a bullshit ranker but whatever uh <laughs> oh boy i hate saying it was nice name. uh th- it was some nice theatrics from the it player. was some nice theatrics you see how fast he got up and walked away once that red came out <laughs> uh, this, it, we'll talk about the game in a minute but it's uh ha- oh my god hajabar poor hajabar poor thank you i hate his name i fucking Paul? hate i hate his name yeah i've got hajabar it was hajabar baby is it hajabar oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Before. I always screw it up too, don't worry. Okay, it's the J. The J is normally so, an H uh, in everything else. You both have three points going on to question number three, where Paul will kick it off. Who passed the ball to David Shaw? Hajabapur! And Andre? Hajabapur. Hajabapur, okay. So we have six points on each side, two more questions, where Andre will take it off. How many minutes between Forge's tying goal in game one and their first goal in this game was their of play i want to say 57 minutes okay so 
scored just before. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you're getting an ASMR of me trying to plug in my iPad. <laughs> um, I know that Forge scored just after half time in the first leg, so that would have been another 45 minutes because there's no more goals. And then the first 45 in this game was goalless. I think they scored on about the 70th minute. So 45 plus 45, that is 90 plus 20. 110 minutes. You're very close. I'm going to give it to you. It was 112. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. That, I would have been raging minutes. if you didn't give me that. I'm giving that you to you. You should not have given that to him. That's horseshit. I'm giving that to him. So <laughs> Paul has the lead. So he will have to answer first into the last question where the winner, if Andre could get this and Paul does not, that is the, the winner. So it comes out to the last question. There is a meet and greet before Forge and Calvary at Tim Hornings Field. Between two Canadian players. That's not between, but with two Canadian players. Who were they? At what time were they available? Full disclosure, I am counting entirely on Andre not knowing this. Um, <laughs> so I just picked two random players. I figured, let's go with players who like play for Toronto because it's nearby. So I went for Daniela Henry and Mark Anthony Kay. And they were there from 2pm to 2.15pm Mountain Standard Time. So he's he's do he's he's Sorry, actually Andre, hold up. Paul, you cut out a little bit there on my end. What time did you have again? Two PM to two fifteen PM Mountain Standard Time. Okay. And Andre. So I I had to ask for clarification on uh on what this was. I still had no idea. Um it made no difference <laughs> to my answer. Uh, at all. So the two Canadian players I had, and I'm going in a different route, um, was I'm picking Jordan Hamilton and Ashton Morgan, and I'm going because they're playing there, and I'm going to go noon and one. So I'll give you the time first. The time was between four and four thirty. You had half an hour if you wanted to meet them, Paul. Amount of time you're extremely close, but you're off by 15 minutes technically. I got but, half it right. Um, <laughs> the players, uh, very interesting approach. I like both of your approaches. Neither one of you got both players, but one of you did get one of them. Oh, so it's Andre. <laughs> it was Paul. Donald Henry was what? one of them with <laughs> Richie Larea. Donald Henry and Richie Larea were in Hamilton wearing Ford's jerseys and did a meet and greet. So. The game is still alive, baby. Paul, thank you. I love you. Can't wait for next week. Let's See if go. anybody thinks there was some sort of collusion here that Michael set this up to keep himself alive. No. <laughs> we, we, I will happily record what we said um, off camera for the break, where I'm like, what the fuck are these questions? I don't understand the last question at all. So I just want to make that clear, ladies and gentlemen. I... This is not a fix. If anything, this was like the opposite of a fix. <laughs> it was a fix times 10. This was... This I saw was, that. He could have given me the mountain time points there if he wanted to. Somebody, um, somebody, uh, I think it was CPL or Forge, one of the two, put a post on Facebook. I'm like, I 100% know what my question is going to be now. I went to go share it in our group chat. I'm like, wait, nope. Not <laughs> happening. I'm using this. I, I can actually picture the post now too in my head. 
because I can picture it's Lorea, the Lorea one. I didn't know I didn't know about the uh, Daniel Henry, but I, I I saw the Lorea one that he was there. That being said, though, go, before we talk about the game, am I the only one worried seeing Lorea still still in Hamilton and he's not even training with Forrest? You think once the season done, he'd be at least training with the team? I I think it was like a six month loan deal at the time, so that would take it to December time. I think maybe part of that was like me yeah, to be in Canada ahead of the World Cup. But still, I'd be like, hey, can I come back and train with you guys? Like, I don't need a play right now, but can I train? You know, World Cup coming. <laughs> yeah, for some of that. But they also, they don't, we, again, they, they don't, I don't want to say they mistreat them, but like, they're not, they're not doing anything to help them out at all. Like, it's just not, it's not a good spot for them. Um, yeah. And, and Anyways, to the game though. <laughs> but on what it, a game. But what, but what it does matter sure. is it's nice to see them there at the CPL because then it means the interest is there. Like, for them to take time out of their day to be like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go watch, you know, this, because I know I'm close. Like, they could have been doing anything else. And that game was ballistic. Like, the two red cards, such yeah. back and forth. It looked right down to the wire, too, that that Calvary was going to be able to tie it up, because right at the end there, they were pushing. So the game ends in a 3-2 aggregate. And what a fucking final. Like, what an oh, actual final of the season. I, I don't smoke, but, like, that's one of these ones where, like, after that game's done, you're like... <sighs> <laughs> what a game <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a crazy one and it was one that we wanted it was one we expected i don't think in my opinion calvary was already in this game i think forge from kickoff controlled it they had it there wasn't a scenario i saw calvary coming back into it until the penalty and then they scored right after but it, it was a little too late for me um we could talk about the red cards though if you want kyle becker i think most would agree with that as a red card i think it's a little harsh I don't think there was just no intent, but at the same time, you're responsible for your body. Yeah. You fuck up. You got to pay those consequences. Yeah. So I, I, I see the debate, but yes, it's red. I, I, I remember think... we talked earlier on in the season about like a very similar red card between Valor and Pacific. Like we're going way back, like yeah, yeah, yeah. May. Yeah, I remember this too. And I remember like my thinking that wasn't a red card because he wasn't. He wasn't looking at the player. He was just looking at the ball. Like he didn't yeah. know where the player's head was. With this one. Becker has literally like been able to memorize every facet of Adekubi's face. <laughs> he's getting to know it, like I, where I all his spots are, like where his butt. Like though, again, the the angles I seen on TV, maybe it's different. But like from what I could see on the TV, it looked as if the whole time he knew where Adekubi was, where his face was, which is why I think it's a red card. Like so, he knew. But with the way you're saying his... that, though, you think there was a tent to do it. Possibly, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems no. harsh saying that, but like, I mean, I said the same thing about Cavallini, but no. <laughs> I, I will. Like, I, I want to take that back actually because I'm sure he doesn't. But like, it is a red car. It is to yeah. the like, the law a red car. So I can. I don't put this way. I don't this way. I don't think by, it can by, be appealed and overturned. By, the, yeah, overturned. By, by the letter of the law, it's a red because the foot came up to the face. I think based on. The speed in which he runs up, the, the, he doesn't actually, he looks like he sees someone running, but then the rest of that time is looking up at the ball. So he goes to kick where the ball is. And if you kind of rewatch it a couple times, his foot would have been very clearly to, to kind of uh, keep that yeah. ball into play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he was booting uh, it, yeah. And again, and again, um, it was very soft. It wasn't like he had just absolutely launched his foot based on the, the slower replays. Like when you watch it slower, that's where VAR probably would take a look and go, okay, yellow maybe. That's where I think it would come in. But again, letter of the law, it is where it is. He also immediately, immediately turns to check on the player, to Adekubi. Yeah, no, he, he knew he fucked up. Like, he was like, oh, shit. Like, that's like, like it, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, what? It was like, immediately he checked to make sure Adekubi yeah. was okay. 
um, if, if everything was all right. So I think that's where I think the, the immediate red, while kind of technical, I think it was just a scenario of really poor poor choice of, of how to I that. have a question along that. So, like, we were unsure about it. Do you think afterwards maybe the rest had a word in the ear of the linesman or he's just had some sort of human element of doubt and he has that sort of inclination he needs to even out his mistake, which is what led to Norman being sent off? What do you think Norman... fucking percent What a makeup call. Yeah. Clip this, ladies and gentlemen. Me and Michael agree with something. Yeah. <laughs> I... It, it's, it's... That was a makeup call. You yeah. can't... You can't give him that. You can't give a red, Norman, like for norman for that he runs into norman and so to to defend himself he he has his hands hands. yeah and a whole job of poor sold out like he was a fucking sale trying to sell ice to an eskimo he pulled the Uh, name i don't know if i can say that anymore i'm sorry he pulled the name like he pulled the name he he rolled around it was like whoa what have you done to me a face he got up so quick once that card came out it was insane it was insane. It is funny that happened to Calvary, though, because they were flinging themselves to the ground like there was no tomorrow in that second half. <laughs> Especially when it yeah. got to 2-1. They were, like, flinging themselves to get, like, a Forge player sent. They tried to get yeah. Forge player sent off about three times, I feel like, in that second half. Yeah, <laughs> and they were, just, they were was... falling down quite often. I, I don't like I don't like referring to teams as divers or cheats or anything. I think it was more just, like, they were trying to game manage. I think that's the, the PC term for it. But it's kind of funny to see Calvary be in the get on the wrong side of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. no, he, it was it was bad. Like, I think it was a yellow. I think he could give that a yellow. He threw his hands into his face. But to be fair, it was a second yellow. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a second sorry, yellow. Yeah. But 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 the thing is, is he doesn't throw his hands into his face. He has them up, and then he pushes again. He runs into him for the ball, which he's on the sidelines, by the way. So that yeah, ball is yeah, not yeah. that ball's not it's not like he if this was middle of the field, that might be a bit different. But yeah. he's on he's on the sideline with the ball. So running into him, that ball's just gonna go out of play. So there's no, no what, what is the what like, is the yeah, intent was, there from an attacking standpoint? So com- by, by standing there and running into him, well, your hands competition. Are, like your hands are competition. Up, yeah. he, he threw he ran into him to say something, to yell something, whatever the fuck. He did something because before that happened, Norman was involved in bringing two other guys to the ground in a little tie-up. So I think Ochapapur, uh, not Ochapapur, yeah, Ochapapur. Yeah, Ochapapur. You had this as a question. I know, I know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, I what think, did you get to about Papur? I think he literally just, um, it was more of like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't touch my boys like that. And when he saw the hands come up, yeah, he saw the opportunity took, to he, hit that he, ground. He took it and played with it. I, now, usually now, it's Escalante we're talking about in these games doing this. Now, oh, don't now, worry, he now. fell over too. <laughs> here's the thing, and here's what here's what might be a uh, quick proposal. What if it's not necessarily that push that's what's caused the yellow, but like an advantage of play from the other two being pulled down? So that was just we'll sort of know. the final stoppage, right? Because mm-hmm. they were pretty quick in succession. So mm-hmm. I think that could be the case. It was. It did just add to the atmosphere. They both happened right there, right before halftime. The atmosphere is incredible. And, like, it's just... Uh, I just want to ask something for Paul, though. Uh, During the game, we were doing our group chat, and you said once the red card came to Forge, when Becca got sent off, Paul, you you messaged the group saying, if Calvary lose this now, I'll take back what I said, and I'll officially give them the choking. Does this still apply now? Or does does that red card... Cancel out to what uh, you, you know, say. Uh, like it's hard because I feel like I want to say yes to both. 
Like, I can see, okay, be- like, because that red car was so straight away, it's not as if they had a, a man advance for, say, even, like, 10 minutes. It was, like... No, not really. So, it's... But at the same time, like, you want to say, yeah, you do it, because it's, it's funny to call a club that, but, like, I'm... I want to... Let me just add this, though. As much as I said Calvary have choked in the past, if they lost this, which they did, I was going to take... I'm not, I'm not going to say I was going to take away their choking title, but I will never, I will never really included it because I mean it's a two leg. You lose to the best team in the CPL, even though uh, Ottawa won the league. But the best team in history is, is Forge. They're going to their fourth straight final for a reason. So losing the Forge, I don't think you could say they choked. But in the way it happened, though, you get the red and then you get a red yourself. It's fucking exciting and it's such a Calvary thing to do in the playoffs to, to bring it, it back really to, is. it kind of reminds me of um, I'm not a big hockey fan but I do know like, like Cal- Calgary had a really good team in the 80s the problem was only a brick wall could stop them and its name was the Edmonton Oilers and um, <laughs> the, it, it yeah. feels like it kind of feels like that whereas like this Calvary Calgary team are good but this is their Oilers yeah I, I mean I think this season as well though you look at them they finished third there wasn't much hope for them, I think. I think their their biggest hope was to somehow get past Forge and then hopefully score against Ottawa. But Ottawa's had their number this year. I don't know how far Calvary will have went in that final game. Yeah. I think um, Tommy has... I, I think he's got one more season left in him. I'd agree. I, like, I'd agree. If, if he stays longer than that, all the power to him. But I feel... I reckon if he doesn't can't get him over the line next year, he might start looking like to... Moves in, Eng- moves in England or he wants a fresh start. I think Cavalry should do an all-in year next year. Like, don't sell your best player like they did this year. Help him out. Get more attacking options there. That's the thing that yeah. Forge have that Cavalry don't have. Like, so many attacking options. I think yeah. they need to go in all-in next year. I agree. I mean, they have, they have a good core. They have some good players. But players like Karifa Yao, potentially best defender in the league. Uh, he's, he could be on his way out because he's on loan to Montreal. Uh, from Montreal, sorry. So he could be not coming back. Uh, but you do have Beaven, you have uh, uh, Mason, you have um, Escalante. Like, they have a solid core. Um, if Fraser Harris healthy next year, he's back. It's just they, they had some injuries, this pro- this problems this year, sorry. But I agree with you. All in, and if not, I think Tommy's about to go. Yep, and if he does, he stays worth it. If he goes... He's he's done a lot, and it's just it's a scenario yeah, where a, he has done a fantastic job. It's just yeah. it's just a scenario where the playoffs are when you don't have enough teams. You just you get your crux, and it just it, it eats but, at it. And I, I think maybe if it was a one legged affair, being one one, maybe that would have been a different scenario. It, it is it is what it is. They've gotten as far, so kudos to them. Forge is, is in the final again. So mm-hmm. with two Concacaf spots opening up, though, that might encourage someone like him and Bobby to stick around. I think people have been saying about Bobby for at least the last two years that he could he could go somewhere else. He could he deserves better, and I think he can. But I think there's some there's a reason he stayed with Forge, and it's because he truly wants to set an agenda for what the CPL is. He may yep. just really like living in Hamilton. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. <laughs> Well, on that bo- <laughs> we're yeah. Well, on that bombshell of a city, uh, again, we're gonna we're gonna have to call it there, guys. Obviously, uh, we're gonna be in Ottawa next week. So if you are in the area, you're gonna be kept down to the game. Obviously, keep an eye out for us. Come say hi. Um, come tell us how much you love us, how shitty this game is, and how much I keep getting fucked over in this rigged system. And because um, Paul lost the leak, we might let you kick him in the balls. You never know. No, we won't do that. <laughs> we won't do that. But there will be some fun stuff coming on. So keep your eyes Jeez, peeled. Wait a Paul, Paul, well, I don't want anyone kicking him in the balls. 
Okay, but there will be there will be some metaphorical ball kicking that happens for him losing it, losing the game. But thanks so much for tuning in. Can't this, wait guys. to fly five hours to meet these two, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so obviously, make sure to to be following along. Go and check us out on TikTok, YouTube. Um, we're on there on FC Thirteen Podcast as oh, well. Make sure original. to plug that. We've got our YouTube original. Yes, coming out a, a nice little little video there. That's that's you're not going to find anywhere else. So obviously, check that out. Make sure to hit subscribe. And the notifications on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Same with our videos, so that way you never really miss any content coming up. And make sure to be checking us out on 13th Man Sports, where a lot of our articles, and we have writers coming up, and a lot of things going on in the works beyond just footy itself. So, Michael, where do we find you? Uh, Call me Michael on Twitter. And Paul. You'll find me in Ottawa next week. Ah. Um, you'll, also, you'll also find me online at PaulMinotti96. You know, I'll, I'll take some snap. I'll take some Instagram stories and all that. You can see the three of us in a wee photo together, like having a pain or um, you know, just giving each other a big hug or Screaming. me running away. F- me running away from these two trying to kick me in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> One of those three things will happen. One of those three things. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been, I've been. You know, you can find me at the Andre McRae. Make sure to check us out again, FC Thirteen Podcast. Thank you much, the guys, for joining us. Make sure to join us next week for the the sort of finale of of our everything we've been building up to this year. And remember, watching the FC 13 podcast is like watching football through a microwave. <laughs>